0: You're listening to audio from Cornerstone Christian Fellowship, located in Lebanon, Pennsylvania. We hope this message is helpful to you in your journey with God. For the live stream archive of our worship services, you can visit youtube.com slash cornerstone Lebanon PA. Christian community is best lived out in face-to-face relationships with one another. We encourage you to physically participate in a local church setting within your area, Learn more about our faith community by visiting cornerstonelebanon.com. Today, okay, so we're walking through, we're trudging through the book of Ephesians. I meant that in a great way. We're dancing through Ephesians. We're not meandering, as a matter of fact. We are being very purposeful. Uh, So uh, trudge is a very deliberate pace. Uh, So yeah, uh, so today, So let me recap quickly. One new humanity is part of what we're talking about uh, in this uh, sermon series, so um, we have uh, learned in the past few weeks, we have learned that God has chosen me, chosen us, chosen the world, his creation, he has been very deliberate and purposeful about that, um, because all he wants as Brother Tim shared with us, is family, uh, uh, God's, uh, uh, we've learned that God's purpose um, uh, and his will is to unite, unite all things in heaven and on earth under the headship of his son, Jesus Christ, uh, um, which then in, creates that family. And um, uh, what else? Uh, well, that family, and, and we are called in that family, sons and daughters of Christ, sons and daughters of God through Jesus Christ. I'm gonna be uh, talking about that a little bit more with our scripture today. Um, and, and as sons and daughters under, uh, as uh, God's sons and daughters in, united in that same body, uh, it's where we uh, practice or where we live God's will of goodness, glory, honor, and love. Okay, so these are some of the things that we've been learning um, uh, through that unitedness is the uh, effort to create that one ship, that one new humanity. You know, and, and uh, essentially, if we could just cooperate with each other. What was it back in the early 2000s and 90s? Can't we just all get along? And uh, And then, the issue is, if only we would just choose God first. God is the original before anyone else, by the way. God is before anyone else. So, so to help us warm up to today's scriptures, before I get into Ephesians chapter 4, just the first 16 verses, uh, I want to ask you a couple of questions, and I'm actually going to give pregnant pauses because I really would appreciate you pondering these questions for a moment. So the first question is, do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? And be honest. And it's okay if you say to yourself, I'm not sure. It's okay if you are sure, but be honest. Do you know who you are? How do you define Yourself. Side question to that is, who actually defines you? You see how the two are related. How do you define yourself and who actually defines who you are? Just hold on to that for a moment. Think about that. A quick, quick example is somebody being defined by their work. My aunt, um, her husband, it's her third one. Don't worry about that. It's not important. He can't retire. He's 73, but he can't retire because his job defines him. He has no clue. He is afraid to not work, to enjoy the fruits of his labor, because he doesn't know who he is. He is defined by his work that he's done for, I don't know, 40, 50 years or something. Who defines you? How are you defined? Paul goes through some great lengths in many of his writings in the New Testament to help with that definition of who we are. And Ephesians is no different. Who we are directly relates and impacts uh, the subtitle of our scripture today. The subtitle that I have in my Bible in the uh, ESV is is unity in the body of Christ. So uh, uh, he, Paul, is very deliberate about Working hard at defining what these things are. So, my limited experience with Cornerstone it hasn't been a year yet, by the way. Just I didn't know if you know that or not. It has not been a year, and I'm already wearing you down. I mean, I don't know, but in my limited experience and from my perspective, Cornerstone Christian Fellowship is very deliberate as well about how we, as this very specific body of faith as this very specific Bride of Christ, how we practice the subtitle, the unity in the body of Christ. So where or how do we know these things? We can find them in Cornerstone's vision, mission, and core values. So I'm going to ask Justin to pull up the website. By the way, church has a website. And if you haven't seen it yet, you might want to look at it because we have these important things on it. So here's the website on uh, Nutter Butters. Justin, which button? It's the one with the, the starry thingy that I push. Oh, I got to turn it over, don't I? <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense if it's at the, whole oh, right. Okay, so here's the website. And so this is the fo- how you get to where I'm talking about. You got you to gotta click on the welcome and then you got to go to, um, uh, well, you have, you have the tabs up here, the About tab, but we're gonna go here, uh, the Sunrise. You can just hover over that and click on that to get to the About. And when you do that, then you find, uh, in the writings, down below the pictures, lovely picture of Fred right there in the middle, dressed in black, nice job. Uh, so you find Identity, Vision, Mission, and Core Values, okay? And then a little bit later, I'm gonna talk about what's under the Theological Snapshots. Uh, you can click on that and get to more information. So this, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna show you what I'm reading. I'm gonna talk about it. Um, what these things are because I kind of I rewrote them for the purpose of the message. So it's not verbatim what's up there. So please forgive me if you're offended by that. Um, so here, here we have these things. So vision, the vision of Cornerstone. We long to see Cornerstone alive in her sacred union with God, discovering and stewarding the revelation of his heart and mind interceding for his church and the world. First, a four words, we long to see. Who's we? That's a very big question. Who is we? I'm gonna tell you right now, it is not me, it is not Pastor Jim, it is not Pastor Joy. it is not Pastor Justin, and it is not just the elders. We is literally us. It is this whole body, we. I will be subtly and not so subtly hammering that point today. We are called. We long to see these things. Okay? We lead together, (laughs) not necessarily pulling the chain with you guys dragging along. Okay, so there's that part of the vision, the uh, vision, mission, to be a, uh, so the oh fiddlesticks, Justin, redo that. Thank you. I put, hit the wrong button. So these two things, vision and mission, are in this paragraph right here. Okay, um, mi- uh, mission to be a catalyst of human flourishing. I think Justin wrote this. I think because it sounds like him. This, but it's fantastic, well-appropriate words, uh, to be a catalyst of human flourishing through walking in the dominion of grace, leading others to enriched fulfillment in Christ, and creating, reframing the culture around us. Whoa! One. Well, first of all, the 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 walking in the dominion of grace, leading others to enriched. Fulfillment in Christ. So, who's doing that? We are not just we as leadership. We are leading people into an enriched relationship with Jesus Christ. Weighty, isn't it? Cool. Okay, but the, then the other part here is 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 um, creating and re. Framing culture around us. Forget about culture influencing us. No, 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 no. We have the power of the Holy Spirit in us. We influence culture. Amen. We influence culture. That is what we are called to do as this faith body. We influence the culture around us. Not for our own purposes, by the way. <laughs> Not just because we want to, because we're called to, and it's for God's purposes and under God's will. The core values, which is over here in this section uh, spirit and truth, releasing worship, identity and family, invite belonging, presence and creativity, unleashing beauty, courage, and leadership, rebuilding foundations. And if you're in the foyer, and as you walk out the doors on the right-hand side, you'll see fantastic artwork that represents this, visually represents these things. Nate, uh, Olivia, you had a hand in that. It, there's, yes, yeah, some of our artists with Olivia had to hand, uh, had a hand in creating that. Yes. Um, so the next thing I want to talk about in that is cornerstone governance, and I wanna I wanna emphasize governance because, or talk about it briefly in this respect to Ephesians, which you will find if you go to Theological Snapshots. Um, Cornerstone chooses, Cornerstone chooses to be elder-governed and pastor-led. Cornerstone chooses to be based on a biblically structured model of elders and deacons. Remember that, deacons. We're gonna talk about that later. Because I have an announcement after the message, okay? Uh, so remember, I have an announcement after that to, might need to remind me if I go off on a tangent. So the elders and the spiritually and vocationally called ministers that we call pastors. So there's elders and there's pastor elders. They're spiritually and vocationally called to serve in ministry as pastors. okay, So that would be myself, Pastor Jim, Pastor Joy, and Pastor Justin, okay. Uh, we provide spiritual leadership, oversight and protection. So we are responsible for discerning through the power of the Holy Spirit, the vision, mission, and core values of Cornerstone, and helping the rest of the body to focus on Jesus and their relationships with others through Jesus, through the filter of our vision, mission, and core values. So deacons are called to provide practical leadership, awareness, and service and care for the needs within the body, The spiritually and vocationally called ministers, like us, the pastors, we uh, um, are also called to equip and connect the body to do the work of the saints. Finishing up with this paragraph, all persons, all persons, and I wrote that in caps, all persons within this faith body, known as Cornerstone Christian Fellowship, are vital In all areas of kingdom work, and are encouraged to discern their call into specific ministry and roles within this faith family. Deacons. Again, it's foreshadowing. I'll get there. I'll get there. Okay, so let's get into Ephesians. Uh, So, the background for Ephesians 4 is this. Paul has a format and a pattern generally in his writings and in his teachings. And so he does this, does this in Ephesians. Uh, uh, he spends, um, his pattern is he spends time speaking truths and then he spends time exhorting the readers and the listeners to apply the truths in their daily living. So he says, here's truth. Then he says, this is how you live truth. Okay? And he's encouraging and exhorting Whoever is listening to the word or reading the word to do that. That's Paul's pattern. So, chapter one, two, and three of Ephesians, Paul is speaking the truth. Chapter four, uh, Paul begins to exhort uh, the good folks of, uh, of Ephesus and the faith family to apply these truths to their daily living. Cornerstone's vision, mission, and core values do that, in part, help us as a faith family. Uh, and individuals in that faith family to apply the truths of the Bible in our daily living as well. So not just as a as a, as a group, but individually, as we as individuals to do that. So in chapter four, Paul, again, he exhorts uh, the Ephesus bride of Christ uh, uh, to a unique unity, a unity contrary to the world around them. So back then, uh, it was uh, Jews... And everybody else, because they were all the Gentiles, all kinds of different Gentiles, very uh, international uh, city, Ephesus, uh, and they were supposed to stay separate. You stayed with your own group. You stayed with your own people. Paul says, nah, not anymore. Jesus came, gave us the Holy Spirit. Guess what? We're all one. Uh, That was a quick synopsis. Anyway, so uh, Paul begins uh, with this exhortation in chapter four, uh, this unity that is founded, rooted, grounded based in the truths through Jesus Christ and from the one true God. Uh, And the work of salvation is grounded in the work of salvation through Jesus Christ as well. So this exhortation in in Ephesians chapter 4 is not just for the church in Ephesus, but obviously now we get the Bible, it's for us as well here at Cornerstone. So if we go to Ephesians chapter 4, I have... Broken it up, my section one through sixteen into three different sections, uh, and the first uh, section, and this is out of the English Standard Version, is this: I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you. This is the exhortation, the encouragement. Urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Wait a minute. There's an assumption: you've been called. Ha. Because you have, by the way. So, uh, uh, that you have been called uh, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all cool what's your calling you have a calling you literally have a calling if you're a child of god if you call yourself a child of god you have a calling if you're a potential child of god you have a calling what's your calling what is your calling I got called. Ring, ring. I'm here. <laughs> I got called here. Pastor of mission. What does that mean? I'm here to help you find your calling. Literally. Like, that's my job. <laughs> Among other things. I'm here to help you discern the word of God and find your calling. And then live into that. I'm the exhorter. That's it's my gifting. That's like my DNA. I'm the exhorter to encourage you and urge you to go do that, to live into your calling. That's why I'm here. I kind of have an idea what my identity is as a child of God. So here's the thing. If you don't know, if you don't realize, if you don't have confidence that you are a child of God, well, you're off on the wrong foot already. And we got to get you right back. Okay? You are are a child of God. That is your identity. You are a child of God. We might need to work to get to that point, and then the other things will follow. But by golly, you are a child of God. That, I will tell you, is your identity. I don't often tell. You're not my children. (laughs) I don't often tell, but I'm going to tell you this. You are a child of God. A part of understanding our spiritual calling is knowing that we are, this is our identity as children of God. And that we are called then in that identity to live in a manner worthy of being called a child of God. A part of being And living as a child of God is to live with, as stated, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love. Fail, eager. This eagerness is a longing, yearning, and aching to maintain the unity of the spirit of peace. Don't drive with me. I I will continue to use this as an example. I fail miserably of being a child of God when I drive. I'm a little bit more cautious on the motorcycle because I have less defense. But yeah, mostly, yeah, I fail at loving as an as a, uh, operator of a vehicle. Anyway, that's one of my weaknesses of many. So the unity as a child of God is expressed in one body, in one spirit, in one hope, in one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And there is only one. There is only one true God who is father of all. There are no exceptions. There are no exceptions. I hear too often, oh, he's a good man or she's a good woman. It don't matter. It will get you literally nowhere but hell if you are not a follower of Jesus Christ. If you do not believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior who suffered and died and was persecuted, died on a cross and rose again, and send his Holy Spirit to work within us. If you don't believe that, you're not going to heaven. I don't care how good you are, you're not going to heaven, okay? Goodness has nothing, to, has nothing on being a child of God and a believer of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Goodness goes with it, cannot stand alone, okay? The priority is the having that relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. So let's carry on to verse uh, 7 through 10. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. And in saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions, which is the earth. Who he, uh, he who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. So, okay. And I'm not going to parse that out too much. We don't need to worry about that for our purposes today. The major takeaway from this section is uh, the, focusing on the lesson of grace. The lesson of grace that was given to us, each and every one of us. This grace is given uh, for us uh, to us to serve Christ and his church. And that service then is reflected in our calling. And by the way, that calling that comes through and from Jesus Christ. Uh, this, that service is a calling to serve in this faith family, but it's not just restricted to this faith family. Uh, it's a calling to be of service in the name of Jesus, period. But if you're part of a faith family, it might start here. So moving on to uh, verses 11 through 14, it states this, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, adulthood, adulthood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Uh, On my way to uh, church, to Lebanon, uh, somewhere, somebody's got a sign, I forget where it is, Um, secular humanism. (laughs) That's literally what we're talking about. These waves that bash us about of, of doctrine, craftiness, and deceitful schemes is, is that sort of thing. So here we have, here's the meat of what I want to talk about. Here we have apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers, also known as apest, E-P-E-S-T. Uh, uh, so one of my commentary uh, states uh, this about these things. Christ gives special spiritual gifts to people in the church whose primary mission is to minister the word of God. Ministering the, Okay, so that's the end of the quote. Ministering the word of God through these special gifts of apostle, of prophet, of evangelist, of shepherd, and of teacher. These are the spiritual, spiritual, special spiritual gifts that are given to the pastoral staff. And this is how I see that. Pastor Justin, teacher, Pastor Jim, shepherd. Pastor Joy, prophet and shepherd. Myself, evangelist. This is your team of leaders. Uh, Leaders who are uh, 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 equipping the saints for the work of ministry. Who's the saints? You guys! You guys are the saints! Our job, our job is to teach you the word and equip you to go do ministry in the name of Jesus. That's our job. We don't just do it. You guys get to do it. Hashtag deacons. Hold on to that. So, okay, so you have the four of us. We have these gifts. So apostles, let's talk about apostles. Big A apostles, capital A apostles, refers to those persons personally chosen by Christ, who had seen the risen Christ, Paul was the last one to be placed in that category. Side note, little tidbit. Who was the only person in the world ever to see Jesus face-to-face and meet Caesar face-to-face? I'm sorry, Olivia, what? Good assumption, it's Paul, exactly. How cool is that? He is extremely unique, not just for his writings, but to have this opportunity to meet somebody who calls himself a God, but literally meet God as well. <laughs> oh, very unique. Side, side note, that's trivia, by the way. It, bar trivia some night, remember that one. It's gonna come up somewhere, I know it. So, uh, okay, so how or when did Paul see Jesus? He wrote to Damascus. He was called Saul then, but that's when he met Jesus. Face to face. So the big A apostles, capital A apostles, they were given the authority by Christ to establish and govern his church under his headship. So also given authority to write and speak the words of God. Some have defined uh, uh, apostle, capital A apostle, as a spiritual gift, and that they term it as, as apostleship. And it's to have the distinct gift and ability of providing spiritual leadership over other ministers or pastors or ministry leaders uh, where the fruits of their ministries are clearly evident. You see the relationship there, apostle apostleship. So, okay, so I think that's kind of inclusive of all of us as uh, your leaders, uh, uh, pastor leaders, we kind of uh, are, are, are a part of that. But we all, each one of us has have the, one, of, one of the distinct gifts under the apest, apostle, prophet, uh, uh, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher. So the prophets, what is what is the prophets? What's, so we have a connotation, uh, preconceived notion of what prophets are because of the uh, Old Testament, but that's not what we're talking about. The spiritual gift is is uh, not necessarily referring to Old Testament uh, prophecy or that style, um, but it is, it is someone who receives, who hears, uh, the, the word of God, and then proclaims them, proclaims and declares the truths and the word of God, uh, almost regardless of consequences. Uh, so the um, uh, so the, the this truth declaration is about calling God's people to righteous living. So, righteous righteousness that actually means right. Relatedness, being in right relation, righteous living is having a right relationship with God. Okay, that's righteous living is this depth of relationship with God, and and so we're uh, the prophet calls us to that, Uh, and not only this righteous living with God, but with each other as well. Um, And so it's a calling that righteous living is about. Loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving others as you love yourself. Uh, The prophet often declaring these truths with little regard for secular consequences, as I mentioned. So the evangelist uh, might be understood, but it's very simply this. Those who declare the gospel or the gospel defined as the good news. That's the evangelist. The shepherd. Those gifted, dedicated to the care and spiritual nurture and the growth of God's children. They watch over God's children. And the teacher, or sorry, yeah, the teacher, gifted with the distinct ability to impart the word of God logically and systematically, communicating clearly the truth that is the word of God. Anybody see Justin's face float in front of your brain with that? So yeah. That's that's Justin, the teacher. So these individuals who are called out by Christ with these spiritual gifts are saddled, are burdened, are given the goal of equipping the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. We are burdened with your spiritual growth into ministry and into your calling. And I say burdened, I mean that in a good way. Uh, this, uh, so this, yeah, okay, this, the Apis group um, is called to also lead others into ministry in the church and out of the church. So the goals uh, are these, to build up the body of Christ, to grow and maintain, uh, uh, to grow and attain unif- unif- unification in the faith, uh, to grow and attain knowledge of the Son of God, and to mature into spiritual adulthood, into the, our spiritual maturity, to not be deceived by the schemes of of the world around us, it's just a breakdown of those few scriptures. And the last couple of, of scriptures, uh, 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 verse sorry, verses uh, fifteen and sixteen, states this: Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint, with which is it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. In our spiritual growth and maturity, we all are called to speak the truth in love. We all are called to grow in every way into Jesus, into the, into the headship of us of this faith family. Jesus as the head is the profoundly strong glue, better than gorilla glue, that holds the whole body together. And this whole body, this faith family of which Jesus is the head, it is equipped. This family is equipped, spiritually gifted through Jesus and his Holy Spirit that he sent to us. And we are gifted to equip others as well. We are called and equipped to build up each other and those around us in love. The truth of the word of God is presented in love through our equipping. Uh, is, uh, is, Is that not what we want for ourselves? Even to grow and mature in Christ through his sacrificial love that needs to be a goal if we don't have that already that needs to be a goal for us Uh, but then you know we do have some of uh, those around us and us ourselves that just choose never to grow up just stay right there at the surface and not grow deeper send your roots deep into god through his son jesus christ Uh, The church's maturity, the bride of Christ's maturity, uh, the maturity of this specific body can only take place if every member of the body does his or her part in his or her role. Guess what? We're here to help you find that role. We're here to help you grow deeper, more profoundly into your relationship with God through Jesus Christ, through your very specific calling. Another one of my commentaries states this, there is no Christian maturity or true Christian ministry without love. And every act of love in the name of Christ is valued and remembered by him. That's our lead We need to do these things out of love. Christ's love. Sacrificial love. Not how the rest of the world defines love. How Christ defines love by his actions. Actions of sacrifice. These actions and ministries out of the love of Christ are all parts of the body working together properly. None of us are exempt. None of us are exempt. You can say, oh, I'm special, I don't have that. Yeah, you're special because you have that spiritual gift embedded in you because you are a child of God. The APES team, the apostle, prophet, uh, evangelist, shepherd, teacher team of leaders is separated out of the body to help lead the rest of the body into their spiritual gifts and their specific calling. This is the body functioning at its highest level on all cylinders, as they say. So you remember I said I had an announcement? About what? Deacons, yeah. So pastoral staff and elders have been working hard um, these past few months at revisioning, re-envisioning the deacon structure. Uh, we have an affirmation of this deacon structure. You can take away the scriptures, Justin, and put up the uh, the title slide. So uh, we have boiled it down to four separate deacon ministries uh, within this structure. Each deacon minister ministry will have a team, but there will be one lead deacon of each ministry. Uh, uh, group section. So these ministries are, as follows: physical plant care, ministry of physical plant care. This means that it's about the regular maintenance and care of this physical structure that we uh, 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 worship in and fellowship in uh, this building that we call a church. That's uh, I'm just like really short short terming these. This is very short. There's I have. <laughs> A lot more definition, but this is just enough for now. Uh, The number two, uh, the the second uh, ministry is hospitality. Everything, which deals with everything related to meeting and greeting and organizing any kind of hosting going on in this building. Okay? The the third one is liturgy design. So this is a very specific ministry. Uh, It's responsible for designing all of the spaces of this building uh, within and without uh, to reflect not only the calendar seasons, but the liturgical seasons as well. Uh, And then the fourth one is benevolence. Uh, So these things in the benevolence ministry uh, are related to caring for others in and out of the church uh, their, their faith is expressed through their works, and their faith is expressed in things like missions, um, missions being local, regional, national, and international. And also, it is about the accountability of the finances of this faith body. Uh, the elders and pastoral leadership team have taken steps to discern the possible lead deacons already if you just got a chill run up your spine that means you might be receiving a call from me about becoming a lead deacon okay remember that (laughs) remember that there's a reason if you felt a holy jolt there's a reason we will be contacting uh, those that, that, we, that the uh, pastoral elder leadership team have, has discerned. Um, uh, I'm helping them discern that call uh, and understand that call to be uh, lead deacon. So our next steps then after that will be to assist everyone here, all of these saints, into discerning your spiritual gifts. We, uh, where you are being called into spiritual, uh, spiritual, uh, using your spiritual gifts into ministry. So um, we, this is, this is this is a very this is a marathon. Okay, we're not sprinting on this. Okay, because from my perspective, I want to get things right. Okay, in the name of the Lord, I want to get things right, and um, I typically am very fast about things. But no, 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 the Lord is saying slow, tortoise pace, not hair pace. So, uh, so we're, we are being very deliberate at our time, even though some folks may want to jump right in right away. No, we're going to make sure we are under uh, the covering of Jesus Christ and under his blessing before we move forward. But these next steps will be to work at uh, helping you understand your spiritual giftings in preparation for being a part of these ministry teams underneath the lead deacon Uh, as leader. So in September, I'm going to have a three-sermon series, three Sundays in a row, to initiate this uh, learning and understanding uh, of our spiritual gifts and how we are to use them. And then after that, the next step after that, will be to invite you to fit where you are called. Okay. So I'm just going to kind of repeat a little bit of what we talked about in our core values. All persons within the faith body of Cornerstone Christian Fellowship are vital, vital in all areas of kingdom work and are encouraged to discern their call into specific ministry within this faith family and beyond. So one example of us as pastor, staff, and elders Uh, In all humility, as your leaders, uh, we are called to lead the rest of you into these spiritual giftings and calling, okay? This is literally our job. This is literally what we are called to do. We would probably do it even without being paid. That's how ingrained our spiritual giftings are. So it is our desire, uh, not only our desire, but Christ's desire to have this body functioning at its highest level possible. Every single cylinder, it's boom, 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 pounding away in this smooth running, high functioning system and family. This is our goal. Not only our goal, our desire. So our prayer and practice about this, uh, and, and team, if you want to get ready to come up, you want to get your elements as I'm going through this and, and, uh, and come up um, while I'm finishing up and praying. So uh, our prayer and practice about these things. Over the next several months, seriously, seriously dig deep into what God is calling you to do with regards to being here, to being a part of this faith family. Uh, what is your personal mission what is your personal mission as it relates to your spiritual gifting this is your prayer and practice uh, so that's the prayer practice is when you have that clarity and I'm praying you're going to have that clarity okay then guess what you get to tell me <laughs> I get to do something with that. Not just me, but you can tell Pastor Jim, Pastor Joy, Pastor Justin, elders, you can tell them as well. And then we start plugging you in. Like the church is the the socket and you're the plug. We're gonna get you charged up for your calling within and without this faith body. Seriously. In the next few months, pray about what it is. First, you might need to know who you are. How are you identified? Who identifies you? Have clarity about that. And then, what's your spiritual gifting? And then tell me. And then we're going to get you engaged. Even more than what you are. Cool. You guys ready to pray? Let's have a word of prayer uh, team is going to share, and then we'll get into communion right after that. Let's pray. Father God, Lord in heaven, my goodness, you are so good. You are awesome. What you have created us to do and to be, Lord, is phenomenal. Uh, and Lord, right now, I just want to recognize how cool it is that you have put us here together, all of us, in this space and in this time for a very specific reason. I don't know what that is, Lord, but you do, and we get to work it out together. You have gifted us, each and every one of us, with certain special, specific, spiritual gifts, God. And I pray for revelation about that, Lord. I pray your revelation upon each and every one of us in a massive, cascading, waterfall way, Lord, so that we can't help but be jolted and energized and charged to, to jump into what these giftings are. Who we are and who you created to be, Father God. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, God, for Saul who became Paul, who got to see your son face to face, to have those experiences, to share his wisdom with us so that we too can work To see you, if not literally, figuratively, see your son face to face. Thank you, God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.